Thank you for listening to Elohim Christian Church's podcast. We're a place where imperfect people worship and meet a perfect God. If this is your first time listening, we're located in Richmond Hill in Queens, New York City, and are led by pastors Carlos and Rebecca Medina. If you're looking for a place to worship and to know Jesus, we would love to meet you and see you in person. Find us online at www.elohimchurch.org so we can connect. And now, here's this week's message. presence in here this morning it may just be me because I'm super sensitive right now (laughs) but just in standing in that little corner there I was like man it feels so nice in here like the Lord is here the Lord is here to meet us this morning Um, and I'm just very uh, just honored and privileged to be able to share with you all this morning um, the word to, to be able to share the word is an honor, it's a privilege, right? Um, but it's also a huge responsibility. <laughs> and none, you know, one that we don't take lightly. We want to be uh, faithful to the scripture, be of encouragement to you. We want to be obedient, right, um, in what we're doing up here. And I'm just excited. We have quite a bit to cover this morning, so let's jump right in. Uh, let's open our Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Um, And we're going to be camping out uh, at chapter 10. So Hebrews chapter 10, um, starting at verse 19. In the past few weeks, um, I have been um, on my own reading through Hebrews um, in my devotional time. And just um, the Lord led me there. Um, And... As I've been reading through um, Hebrews, there's only 13 chapters. I encourage you to go read Hebrews. Um, I have been just uh, encouraged in different ways. Um, There's different passages that have jumped out at me, and I make note of them. And I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you saying to me at this moment in this passage? And this is one of the passages that jumped out at me. Um, So Hebrews chapter 10, verses... 19 to 25 Um, I will read it and then I'll do a quick prayer and then we'll we'll start the word reads in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit therefore brothers since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus By the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope, without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near lord i thank you for this time this morning Father, I ask that as we all close our eyes, my God, that our hearts would be opened, our minds would be receptive, Lord, to the message that you have for us this morning. 
Lord, you know every single one of us. You know where we are. You know our needs. You know our challenges, Lord. And I would pray, Lord, that as we work through this passage this morning, that you would shine a light in our hearts, my God, and draw us to you, Jesus. That your Holy Spirit would point us to you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So I'm going to encourage you to keep your Bibles open, keep your apps open. Um, we're going to be really diving into this passage and also jump into a couple of other passages within Scripture. My hope this morning is that we walk out of here or maybe you end your stream for those of us who are joining us via uh, YouTube or Facebook, that when you end your stream, our hearts would just be ablaze, would just be on fire, desiring to do exactly what the author of Hebrews here is telling us to do. Draw near to God. I read ESV. It doesn't have that to God, but if you have the NIV version of the Bible, it says draw near to God. Are we ready? Woohoo! Great. The book of Hebrews is written to a group of believers by an unknown author. We don't know geographically where they were located, but given by the heavy references and needed knowledge of the Old Testament scripture, particularly the Pentateuch or the first five books of our Bible, we know that they were Christians of Jewish or Hebrew descent. We also know that this Christian community was suffering persecution and even imprisonment. They were being influenced by religious Jews, and consequently, some of them were wavering in their faith. Others were walking away from Christ altogether. And looking at this passage in chapter 10, verses 19 to 25, we will do three things this morning. First, we will consider the reasons the author shares for drawing near to God. Second, we're going to look, like, look at what drawing near to God looks like. And finally, we'll be able to touch on some of the benefits of drawing near to God. So why should we or why do we draw near to God? Look at verses 19 and 20. Those verses 19 and 20 cover the why we draw near to God. We draw near to God namely because of the confidence that we as believers have. Because we can. As believers, we can draw near. This confidence isn't based on my own abilities. It's not based on my IQ or my good looks or my position. It's not based on any religious practices that I may do as coming to church or, you know, singing up and sing, standing, up, standing, up, standing up and singing a worship song. It's not a self-confidence that we have to be able to draw near the Lord. It is confidence in the saving work of Christ at cross at Calvary. Amen. The passage there in verse 19 begins with the word, therefore. As ones who study scripture, as we all should be, right, the last couple of weeks we've heard a lot about reading scripture, studying scripture, applying scripture, right? So as folks who study scripture, when we read, we need to be fully aware of the context in which we are reading, right? 
I heard a pastor once say that what we read in scripture can't mean, can't mean for us what it didn't mean for them, right? We can't just make it up as we go along. We can't just take a verse and stick it on something and say, okay, this is what the word says is going to be fixed. We should be aware, right, of when we're reading what is surrounding, what comes before, what comes during, and what comes after, right? We should also be leery of teachers and preachers and TikTok preachers who take random verses and just apply them to things, right? We have to be very careful with that. So the verse, that section, begins with therefore. In this passage, it signals a transition in the information that the author is presenting. It means, hey, reader, I've presenting all of this stuff before, and I'm about to lead you to my point, right? In the verses prior, the author of Hebrews has methodically laid out very full foundational information to the faith of his audience and also to our faith. As I mentioned earlier, although the author is unknown to us, they knew who he was and he knew his audience very well. He knew that the folks receiving this message, they were familiar with all things Old Testament, again, especially the Pentateuch, and connects for them how their faith and hope now is based on something bigger, something better than the beginning as a people. While their beginning as a people was with their patriarchs, beginning with Abraham, and the words that God shared through the prophets, according to chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, right there in Hebrews, now they have the Son, Christ, something better. While in the beginning they had Moses, who was faithful to God in his calling, and they had the law given to Moses, um, verse 2, verse Chapter 2, verse 2 um, of Hebrews says, by angels, also supported in chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, now they had Christ, superior to the angels and the one who fulfilled all the law, something better. While in the beginning, that Mosaic law that was established, uh, that was established, established a priesthood through which the people of Israel could atone for their sins and sacrifices of animals presented by priests. Now they had Christ, the high priest, whose sacrifice by the shedding of his own blood was perfect and once and for all. While the priest established through Mosaic law stood day after day, literally stood day after day, performing sacrifices, Christ sits after being sacrificed on the cross, right? After being resurrected, he sits at the right hand of the Father, having completed his duty for us. Something better. Therefore, therefore, they should draw near and we can draw near to God because of the confidence and the life, the ministry, the death and resurrection of Christ. We draw near to God because of the finished work of salvation at the cross. He is the founder and the perfecter of our faith, chapter 12, verse 2, 
sitting at the right hand of the Father, Father still interceding on our behalf. How many can say thank you, Lord? If the author is calling our attention to this confidence, we need to ask ourselves, do we have this confidence in our lives? In the same way that the author recounted for the readers at that time their past, pointing, out to, pointing to Christ as better, do you recall the life you lived before Christ? And do you now consider that in Christ it is better? Do you hold on to this confidence when trials come to test your faith or when difficulties and temptations come to steal your faith or do you fall back into old patterns of living and dealing with difficulties? You see, I can tell you that our hearts need to be reminded often of this confidence that we have in Christ. I call it gospeling my heart. If you're with the young adults, that's what I say. We have to gospel our hearts. And I say this because um, there are just so many things, so many things on this side of eternity that can distract us from the confidence that we ought to have in Christ. There's an old hymn with a line that says, Bind my wandering heart to thee. I often say this to God. I say, Lord, bind my wandering heart to thee. If we don't intentionally keep the truth of Christ in our lives, the truth of the gospel at the forefront through scripture reading, through studying the scripture, through prayer, in community, there will be many things that say, is Christ really better? Have you considered this? Have you considered the job? Have you considered social media? Have you considered fame? Have you considered doing your own thing? Have you considered instant gratification? Is Christ really better? How has waiting on the Lord really worked out for you? Be confronted with that question as well. Some of us here today may be struggling with some of those questions. Believers, for a long time or a little time, right? We may have some of those questions like, man, I've been doing this for a long time. Is this really the way, right? Having, um, at the end of verse 23, you can go over to 23, the author encourages us to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. God is faithful. He is holy, and because he is holy, he cannot sin. Because he is holy, we can trust him. Having answered why we draw near to God, we will now explore what uh, drawing near to God looks like, right? Verse 22 shows us that when we draw near to God, we do so with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean and our bodies washed. A true heart and full assurance of faith presents in a posture of sincerity and worship. We are sincere in our intentions of drawing near to God and our worship. 
We seek him to fulfill his will in our lives, again, through prayer and through petitions, and seek to worship him. That is, it's not standing up here and, you know, singing a song, which is part as well of worship, right? But to worship means to have him in our hearts, to have him at the right place in our hearts, to have him in our hearts as our Lord and our Savior. We seek his face and not his hand. We seek relationship with him, not just the benefits. We may be able to fool our neighbor with our words and our ways. We may be even to fool ourselves. Like, I'm doing this Christian thing. I'm going to church. I'm showing up. I'm saying the, I'm using the Christianese, right? Using the right language. But God knows our hearts and our intentions. Our confidence in the saving work of Christ will have us draw near to God with a right and genuine attitude and full of faith. He wants us to draw near fully with all we are and all we have, wanting his will to ultimately be done in our lives. Now, to ask that God's will be done in our lives can be a little scary, and I'll tell you why. We all want God's will in our lives until his will doesn't quite look like the will that we wanted. Right? But when we are confident in Christ and full of faith, we accept his will. In fact, his will becomes our will. We express obedience rooted in faith, not in personal benefit. When the author of Hebrews points to hearts sprinkled clean and our bodies washed, he's referencing the work that Christ did in us, having cleansed our hearts and purified our inner selves of the sin by the blood of Christ, first for salvation and also for the service of others. This morning, we've been talking about drawing near to God. We talked about why we draw near to God, how we draw near to God through his confidence, and what drawing near to God looks like, right? Honestly, right? In this final point, we will explore the benefits of drawing near. The author of Hebrews actually encourages his, uh, his readers to draw near to God a number of times throughout Hebrews. So if you uh, do your homework and study Hebrews like I'm asking you to, you're going to see time and time again that the author says a couple of things, draw near and let us. Those are two things that he repeats throughout uh, the book of Hebrews. I want to draw our attention to one other time where he says, draw near. And that's uh, chapter 4, verse 16, right there in Hebrews. Chapter 4, verse 16. And I want to reference this as the first benefit of drawing near to God. It says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When we draw near to God, we receive mercy and grace to help in our time of need. We have a number of needs, whether physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, we all have all those needs. There may be times where you and I have the very same need, but there may be times, but not so much 
your need may look a little different than my need. Our situations, our circumstances may be unique, right? That does not matter when we draw near to God. His throne of grace is a one-size-fits-all. It can meet every need for every person and every circumstance and every corner of the world. And for that, we are thankful. James 4.8 tells us, for an additional benefit, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. When we draw near to God, guess what, guys? We get God himself. We get God himself. We don't get a representative. We don't get a member of his clique. We don't get, you know, we get him. We get him. Back to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25, present uh, an additional benefit. And I, I, I phrase it in this way. It's a, it's a consequence of those who continually draw near the throne of grace. We get a community of believers who encourage each other to love and to good works, understanding that each day that passes is a day closer to the day that we will be with Christ. Until then, we serve each other and we help each other persevere. We persevere in order not to fall away in unbelief, reference chapter 3, verse 14, we are not meant to do this walk alone. Community can be messy. Pastor Carlos says it all the time. Hang out with him a little while and you know he needs Jesus. <laughs> I need Jesus too. <laughs> you need Jesus too. We all need Jesus, right? And so we have to um, just need, draw near to God. We draw near to God, we persevere to be held together until the day of Christ. And as I come to the end here, I want to shine a light on the fact that there can be so much that keeps us from drawing near to God. But all of that can be overcome through Jesus, through Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. A few of the things that may come up, right? First, unbelief or lack of confidence in the Lord. Let's be reminded today that God is not afraid of our questions. He's not afraid of our doubts. But the enemy will use these things to keep us from drawing near to God. What do you mean you have questions? Are you sure? Are you sure about this? Are you sure about this Jesus thing? What about this other thing that I see, right? The enemy will bring that up, trying to distract you, trying to say, why would you ever go to that? Why would you draw near? Draw near anyway. Push through. Bring those doubts. Bring those questions. Pray that prayer that the men in the Gospels pray. I believe, help my unbelief. I've often come to the Lord with that prayer myself. Like, Lord, I am believing you up here. But right here, I am struggling right now. Please help me believe you. Believing the lies of the enemy, namely, that we're not good enough, that we're beyond repair, 
that we don't deserve to draw to the draw to the throne of grace shame right those things keep us from drawing near to god but let me remind us that nothing we have done nothing we do and nothing we can do can keep us from god in christ jesus there's the key while we're in Christ, we have access to God. We can draw near that throne of grace regardless of your present circumstance. Regardless of you messed up last night, you messed up last week, you messed up six months ago. All of that is forgiven and made clean and new in front of Jesus today. It's a truth that we have to remind ourselves of almost on a daily basis. When I say gospel your heart, that's part of it. It's reminding your heart, hey, I am forgiven. I am loved. I am accepted. I can draw near the throne of grace. We don't feel like we deserve to draw near? Draw near anyway. Bring it to the Lord. Draw near. Unmet promises and expectations can also play a number on our wanting or desiring to draw near. It's the enemy's number, job, number one job to keep our eyes off of God, right? So we have unmet expectations, we have promises that haven't been fulfilled, there's things that we're waiting for, and our eyes all of a sudden move from praising the Lord to, oh, woe is me. Look at my circumstance. Look at what I'm waiting for. Look at what I'm missing. Why hasn't it arrived? Why hasn't this happened? And our gaze is within us, within us. And the enemy is like, yep, I did my job. Raise your gaze. Look up to Christ and draw near. Keep your eyes on the Lord. These are only three of the ways in which we are prevented from drawing near. I'm sure you can think of others in your own life, right? Thoughts that you've had, emotions that you've gone through, vulnerabilities that you've experienced that maybe you're like, nope, I definitely cannot draw near. There's no way. God is too holy. He won't accept me. God is this way. I have to go fix myself before I come to God. That's not it. You're missing the point if we do that. God wants us at all times, at all circumstances, with all disappointments, with all situations. He wants us to draw near. Don't let the enemy distract you. Don't let him stray you away. Arm yourself with the knowledge of the word, with praise and worship of our Lord and Savior, and with community to be able to draw near. This morning, this concludes my sermon. And I want to say that having prepared this, having encountered these words from my life, When I first saw these words, it was in the spring. 
his father worked. I saw the words and I said, Lord, I felt so distant. I felt so distant. My God, help me draw near. Because right now I cannot. I feel so distant. I'm in my thoughts. I'm in my emotions. I'm in my, what about this, Lord? What about that, Lord? And I'm not, I, I can't. I don't know how right now. Man, I've loved you since I was a little girl. And I'm 38. And I'm still struggling, right? Like, Lord, what is this? And I saw those words, and it was like a light. It's like drawing here. You have the confidence in the Lord. You have the confidence in the Lord. Draw near. So I don't know where you find yourself this morning. I'm sorry for my tears. <laughs> I don't know where you find yourself this morning. I don't know if you don't know Christ or maybe you've kind of distanced yourself from Christ and you're like, man, I haven't been near in a really long time. I invite you to come to the altar so we can pray. The Lord welcomes you with open arms. If you've been struggling in any way to draw near, I invite you to join us, because Jesus is here. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it blesses and encourages your life.